Happy New Year, everybody. How are we doing today? Good. Well, we love the new year, right? It's kind of like, um, it's like a fresh start, right? Uh, just new beginnings. We like the concept of uh, new beginnings. Does everybody here have like a, a, a New Year's resolution? How many people here? Raise your hand if you have a New Year's resolution. Oh, not many. <laughs> okay, I figured more. I have one. Uh, I don't usually do uh, New Year's resolutions. I, I don't have anything against them. Um, I just, you know, historically could never seem to hold to one. Um, so I was like, you know what, this year I'm going to do a New Year's resolution. And it's just a simple one. It's just to read a devotional. Um, you know, first thing in the morning when I wake up. Um, and, and a funny thing about devotional, my, my wife, she makes fun of me a lot. Like, I tend to do things in excess. And what I mean is, like, it was, it was a revelation when... Yeah, you know, we had gotten married, and um, I would just, she was like, you know, you don't have to, like, use so much shampoo, like, just <laughs> filling my entire hand with, like, shampoo. She's like, just a little bit, we'll do it. And I'm like, wow, it's amazing, that, like, really works. <laughs> like, I, I had a shampoo bottle go from lasting two weeks to, like, six months. <laughs> and it's the same thing with, like, toothpaste. I would just, like, just pour tons of toothpaste on my toothbrush. She's like, you don't have to do that, like... Just a little dab, and it works. I, I last a, bo- a, a toothpaste bottle lasts like like three or four months for me now, and so of course with like reading a, a devotional, of course I, I have to like all right, all right, um, I got to do three devotionals. Like I can't just do one. I got to do three, you know. So I started like January first for the first couple days, and I was reading all three devotionals. I was like something's not right here. <laughs> like I'm not retaining anything. You know, I'm just, there's just too much information in three devotionals, so uh, now I'm at one devotional. Um, it's a great devotional. It's a men's devotional. I have it right here, um, and uh, I gave one to my dad, so we're kind of reading it uh, together every morning, which is cool. Um, but I want to read uh, January 1st uh, devotional, uh, some of it at least, because uh, it kind of ties into today's message, um, I think you'll find. Uh, and it says this. Uh, The title is What God Wants. This is January 1st. A lot of men have problems relating to their wives. That's brilliant. (laughs) When they discover there's a problem they hadn't been aware of and then try to find out what it is, they might be told, you should know what the problem is. The fact that you don't know is a part of the problem. (laughs) Or it's, like, funny, like, I don't just want you to, like, wash the dishes. I want you to want to wash the dishes. <laughs> That's what my wife and I, we talk about sometimes. <laughs> Continuing on. That wasn't a part of the devotional. Continuing on. <laughs> Often the wife's complaint is that her husband does not give her enough attention. She longs for him to relate to her. She is not unappreciative of the things he gives her and the work he does for her. But even more, she wants him, right? God has a similar complaint about his people, Israel. His people were active in religious observance. We're going to see that in today's scripture. Uh, Meticulously offering animal sacrifices. God said, I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly bring to my altar. Uh, Says that in Psalm 50, uh, verse 8. But he was not looking for the bulls and goats from their barns and pens. He had no need for anything from them at all. In fact, even if he did have a need, which he didn't, 
He certainly would not have told them because his resources were greater than any need. More than gifts, he wanted them. God's people had forgotten to relate to him, and he wanted them back. He wanted them back. So in today's scripture, uh, God brings Israel back from from despair. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this word. Um, God, just let let every tongue uh, confess uh, that Jesus is Lord today. Um, God, I just pray that your word just touches our hearts, like Paul said. Um, Just cut to the heart, Lord. Uh, And we leave here... uh, with uh, renewed minds and hearts. Um, And we can go out of here fresh, Lord, and into the new year, uh, God. We can have a new beginning um, in relationship with you, Lord. And I pray this uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in the book of Ezra today. Ezra. Uh, Our pastor didn't write this book. Um, And I didn't choose this book because Ezra shares the name of it. (laughs) Uh, And I call this message Glorious Ruins. Um, you ever feel like your, your life is just a train wreck? You know, maybe you're just having a train wreck day or a train wreck week or a train wreck month or you're just in a season. Um, there, there's, there may be sin in your life, uh, disobedience in your life. You may be suffering the effects of sin in the world in your life and you're, you're, just, you're just at a low, low point. Um, but we're going to learn today, it's really, it, there's glory in the ruins. That's where it all starts. Uh, there's redemption in the ruins. Um, and it's in the ruins where we despair. But that's how God draws us near to him, is in the despair and in the ruins uh, of, our, of our lives. Um, and it's in the ruins where God is glorified. But this, re- this rebuilding in our lives, you know, it has to start somewhere. Like, there has to be, like, a, a starting point, Okay. And uh, that's where we're going to be in today's scripture. Today's scripture is the starting point for Israel. Uh, and, it's, it, and it shows us, it gives us lessons on a starting point for us. And we're going to learn three fundamental things um, about our relationship with God and how to rebuild our relationship uh, with him. So let's read the scripture uh, in the book of Ezra, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. It'll be up there on the screen. Ezra chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to read the scripture, and then we're just going to get right into the points. Let me uh, turn to Ezra. That would help. So the scripture says this. When the seventh month came, and the children of Israel were in the towns, the people gathered as one man to Jerusalem. Then arose Jeshua, the son of Jezadok, with his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, with his kinsmen, and they built the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings on it, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. They set the altar in its place, for fear was on them because of the peoples and the lands, and they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord, burnt offerings morning and evening, and they kept the feast of of booths, as it is written, and offered the daily burnt offerings by number according to the rule as each day required. And after that, the regular burnt offerings, the offerings of the new moon, and all the appointed feasts of the Lord, and the offerings of everyone who made a freewill offering to the Lord. From the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord. But 
the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. So the first point today, first point, Maddie, throw that up there, first point. Awesome. New beginnings with God are possible no matter how spiritually ruined that we are in our lives. You see, the nation of Israel is about as spiritually low as they could get. Uh, Israel has been in exile for 70 years uh, in Babylon because Israel continued to break faith uh, from God. And, his, and in his judgment, uh, he allowed them to be captured uh, and taken captivity to Babylon. Okay? So, but God wants his people back. He wants his people back and back into a relationship with him. So after 70 years in captivity, he moves in the heart of the Persian king, Cyrus, and Cyrus frees them to go home, to go home back to Jerusalem, back to their land, the promised land. So now they're back. They have a fresh start. They have a fresh start. But nothing is what it used to be. Nothing is what it used to be. You know, the land is, is, the land is devastated by war. The temple is destroyed. The city walls are, are torn down. Uh, hostile people occupy the land now, okay? I want you to uh, imagine you have, you have great memories of your childhood home, and, and you leave, you know, for, for 70 years, and then you want to go back and visit, and just imagine your childhood neighborhood just completely in rubble, devastation. Like, how would that make you feel? Like, that was my spot. You know, that's where I grew up. And it's just devastated. Your home isn't even your home anymore where you used to live. The best way I can explain this, just this feeling, was my wife and I, we went to uh, Disneyland, and I think it was like January of 2009. And I hadn't been to Disneyland since I was a little kid. So I was like, man, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to be able to go on all these rides uh, that I haven't been on in, like, uh, more than two decades, right? And you get there, and it's like, it's the biggest letdown. (laughs) You know, Disneyland, it's just not what it was. You know, the rides aren't as fast as you remember. You know, Space Mountain is just not Space Mountain anymore. (laughs) But that's that's, that's the feeling they were getting. Like, this just isn't the same. This is a really low point a really low point in their, in their history. And what Israel is seeing is it's a stark reminder of why it had come to this. Because of their sin and their disobedience to God. They ceased to be a, a people dependent on God. They ceased to be a, a people, an obedient people that pursued after God. Right? So their first order of business upon their return, is to rebuild the temple, right? Why is that so important that they rebuild the temple? They want to rebuild the temple because that's how God dwelled amongst them, in the temple, okay? So this is about drawing closer to God and and rebuilding their relationship with Him. That's what this is about. Now, it's amazing how God would allow His temple to be destroyed just so He could draw His people back to Him, You know, the thing God himself will do to draw us back to him is amazing. And I want to ask you guys, how low are you? I mean, how how, how ruined are you? You know, we all go through this. You know, we have our low low seasons 
in our life? You know, have you failed God? Are you, are you bearing the guilt of sin in your life, of, of your disobedience to God? Right? Do you, do you not even have a relationship with God? God wants us back. Okay? It's in the ruins. In the ruins, all we see is the circumstance. Right? All we see is, is the, the ash and, and the wreckage and the rubble. That's what we see. God sees, God sees glory for himself in the ruins. God sees redemption for us in the ruins. Right? God sees a path back to him. That's what he sees. That's what God sees. And as long as we're alive, no matter how low we are, no matter how ruined that we feel, we can always repent, we can always seek forgiveness, and we can always draw near to God. He wants us back. So God is about to take Israel, again, this is the starting point we're at, God is about to take Israel on a journey of miraculous, miraculous rebuilding of the temple, the city walls, of Jerusalem and their relationship with him. With him. And it all starts here. So where is the first place Israel goes? What's the first thing they do upon arriving in Jerusalem? The scripture says they go back to the book of the law of Moses. That was their word back then. We have our word today. That was their word back then. The first five books of the Bible. That's where they go back. The book of the law of Moses. That's our second point. New beginnings with God must focus on obedience to his word. New beginnings with God must focus on obedience to his word. It says in the scripture, they unite together as one man and they open the book again. And in it, they find God's prescription on how to restore their relationship with him. Okay? In it, he commands that they observe the day of atonement. The day of atonement. They rebuild the altar and they resume the annual sacrifices and the ceremonial laws, right? The Day of Atonement was a once-per-year thing. It was an annual practice. It signified signified a new beginning for the people. A new beginning for the people. Leviticus 16.30? Yeah, Leviticus. For on this day, God says, uh, for on this day shall atonement be made for you to cleanse you. You shall be clean before the Lord from all your sins. And skipping forward to Leviticus 17.11, God says, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is, in, it is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Now, if you're Israel, it would be easy to think, like, man, we can just... We can build the altar later. Let's just skip that and go right to the temple. That's the fun part, right? Let's just start building the temple. That's the fun part. But that's not how it works. You know, the Israelites' relationship with God hinged. It hinged on their obedience to the sacrificial system and the ceremonial laws. Not the temple. Not the temple. Like, how often do we read God's word, right? How often do we read God's word, but we don't obey it? Great, you read it. Awesome. But we don't obey it. We don't listen to it. It's not enough to just read it. We must obey it. I know there's people. I don't really believe in that crucifixion part. I don't believe really in Jesus is who he says he is. But you know what? The Ten Commandments and the fruits of the Spirit, 
I like that part. I like that part, so that's, that's what I'm going to put my chips in, is the Ten Commandments and the fruit of the Spirit. Love, peace, patience, kindness. If I just do those things, that's what I believe. I believe if I do those things, I'll be right with God and in a relationship with God. Well, that's wrong. That's wrong. How can we obey God's word if we don't even know God's word? How can we know it if we aren't reading it? We need to take that Bible off the top of the bookshelf, dust it off, and get in it. Start reading it and start obeying it. You see, Scripture, let me get this clear, it doesn't save you. Scripture itself does not save you. But among other things, it points you to the way that we get right with God. You want to learn how you get right with God. You've got to read the Word, because in the Word, it points you to the way that we get right with God. So in the midst of the ruins, they open the book of the law, they read it, and are obedient to the Word of God. So what's the way that they get right with God? How do they do this? It's our third point. New beginnings with God must center on the cross of Christ. This is nothing new. You, you probably hear this like almost every Sunday here. This is a gospel-centered church. This is a Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. We need the gospel. Gospel, gospel, gospel. Laws and, and, and policies, they don't transform hearts. The gospel transforms hearts. We need the gospel. That's why we preach the gospel every Sunday. So, new beginnings with God must center on the cross of Christ. To restore fellowship with God and rebuild their relationship with him, they must first worship, repent, and seek forgiveness. Right? So the only place that happens is the altar. That's the only place this happens. If they build the temple first, they will not be forgiven. That's not how you repent. That's not how you seek forgiveness, is by building a temple, by doing something, right? Okay, they have to build the altar. So in the midst of the rubble, they build the altar. And if, there, if there's no atonement, no atonement, there's no fellowship with God, right? And if, if there's no fellowship with God, there's no rebuilding, no rebuilding the temple, no rebuilding their lives, no rebuilding their relationship with God. It all starts on the altar. Okay? Can you imagine, like, every December 31st? <laughs> Baby, get me a cow and a lamb for our sins this past year. Can you imagine doing that every December 31st? Thank God we don't have to do that. Thank God we don't have to do that. That was for a purpose then, but it's not now. So what do we do? What do we do? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. It's like that AT&T commercial. I just saw that last night. Zero? Zilch. <laughs> Diddly squat? Goose egg, right? Nothing. We don't have to do anything. Everything the Israelites had to do, the sacrificial system, the ceremonial law, Jesus fulfilled for us. That's what Jesus came to do. He fulfilled all those things for us. So no longer we have to do those things. We now just go straight to Christ. And in Christ we have relationship with God. 
The first act of a heart that desires to restore fellowship with God is not to erect an altar. It's not to erect an altar. We're not going to build an altar here on this stage to get right with God. Right? What do we do? All we have to do is just look. Look by faith to an altar. And what's our altar today? The cross. The cross is our altar today. The cross of Christ. Instead of having to perform these sacrifices year after year in one fell swoop, Jesus was the once and for all sacrifice. The once and for all sacrifice. Because of Jesus' perfect obedience for us, when God looks at our record, when he looks at our record, he sees Jesus' record. That's how this works. So our standing with God no longer hinges on our obedience to the law, but on Jesus' obedience for us. That's what all of this hinges on now. Jesus' obedience for us. Okay? It's amazing how God would allow his son. He would allow his son to be destroyed on the cross, to be ruined on the cross. So just, just so we could draw near to the creator. That's amazing. And John Chapter 2, verses 18 through 22, Jesus is having like some dialogue with the, with, the, with the Jewish people in the temple because Jesus had gone into the temple and he turned over the tables. Um, and Jesus was just constantly trying to hammer home his authority and, and who he is. But nobody ever believes. So these Jewish people, you know, so the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? This is a question Jesus got all the time. What sign do you show us for doing these things? And meanwhile, before this, Jesus was just doing miracles and doing all this stuff. People still didn't believe. And, and that he gets the question again. It's like, oh my gosh, seriously, have you not been paying attention to what I've been doing the past three years? What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. And will you raise it up in three days? Like they take him literally, Jesus, and then it says in the scripture, but he was speaking about the temple of his body. He was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. And they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Though he was destroyed, he was resurrected. So when we look to Christ by faith, his resurrection becomes our resurrection. His resurrection becomes our resurrection. That's how we establish our relationship with God. And God raises us up in relationship with him. So in the midst of the ruins of our broken relationship with God... All we need to do, the only thing we need to do is look to the cross. That's it. Nothing. Nothing you do can establish a relationship with God. It's faith in his son. It's looking to the cross. That's our altar today, It's looking to the cross. You see, God, God is a God of fresh starts. Is he not? Every day. 
We have sin in our life. We sin every day. Let's be real. But every day, God, in his grace and his mercy, he wants to draw us near to him. And his grace and mercy are bigger and wider than we can possibly fathom. There's no sin in the world that wasn't paid for on the cross. Nothing. If you think there's something in your life, some kind of a sin, no, there's there's no way God can forgive me for that. You're wrong. You're dead wrong. Not a single sin in the world wasn't paid for on the cross. I want you to remember that. His blood covers it all. He wants to rebuild your relationship with him and your life. It's in the ruins where God is glorified. It's in the ruins where there's redemption. Right? It's in the ruins where we are raised up to life. It's in the ruins where we despair. Right? We see the wreckage. We see the rubble. We see the ash. God sees glory for him. He sees redemption for us. He sees lives being raised up. That's what he sees. We need eyes like God. And we don't get eyes like God unless we know Jesus. When we know Jesus, we start seeing things like God sees. Right? So no matter how low we are, there's glory in the ruins. God has given us everything that we need, everything, to be in relationship with him. He's given us his written word, his written word. He's given us his resurrected son, right? We can always open God's word and by faith we can look to the cross. We can look to the cross and rebuild our relationship with God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you, God. Uh, Lord, we thank you um, for the gospel. We thank you for you uh, reaching your hand out to us, something you just don't have to do, Lord. God, it's such a blessing, uh, your grace and your mercy um, every day, God. Do we, do we understand this? Is this sinking in? Is it, is it hitting home? Is it, is it hitting home in our hearts? God, through your prophet Isaiah, you said, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You said through your prophet Isaiah, and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations You shall be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of streets to dwell in. God, let this sink in our hearts and see life change in our lives. Lord, and and just see it just spread through uh, us personally and, and into our families and into our neighborhood and our communities, God, and just share this amongst each other as as a church, Lord, as the body of Christ. Lord, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.